Te presentamos a Alex. Ella acaba de descubrir el centro de visión de Walmart. Ahora hago mis diligencias en un solo lugar. ¿Compras? ¿Lentes? Walmart. ¿Decoraciones? Walmart. Y lo mejor es que aceptan la mayoría de seguros, así que ahorro tiempo y dinero. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip about the plural of the word fish, a piece about region names, and finally, a tidbit about a quirky and tricky writing form called a crab cannon. And now, is the plural of fish, fish, or fishes? Well, it depends. Fish is the most common plural form of the word fish, as in squiggly brought home fish for the aquarium. But there are some instances in which people use fishes instead. Scientists who study fish, for example, often refer to different species as fishes. A quick Google book search returns many scientific tomes talking about the different kinds of fishes that researchers have found in various regions, such as 30 kinds of fishes off the coast of California and 149 kinds of fishes in Minnesota. In the Bible, Jesus feeds thousands of men with loaves and fishes— The movie The Godfather popularized the saying that someone sleeps with the fishes to describe mob killings in which a corpse is dumped in the water. And finally, there are a few different sayings that begin with, if wishes were fishes. The most common one I've seen is, if wishes were fishes, we'd all cast nets into the sea. The quick and dirty tip is that the plural of fish is fish, unless you're writing about different species of fish are a mobster, are quoting the Bible, or are just trying to make a rhyme. Next, we're going to talk about the difference between England, Britain, and the UK. I know all you European listeners think it's ridiculous that Americans don't know the difference between England and Britain. But a British friend told me that many of you don't know the difference between Britain and the UK, and that this would be a good topic for a podcast, even though people really should already know. I first became aware of the confusion when I was using Stamps.com to mail out the Peevoirs decks. It took me at least 20 minutes to figure out that if I wanted to mail something to England or Scotland, I needed to select Great Britain from the long list of countries. And even then, I didn't realize how much I didn't know until I saw a diagram posted on the copy editing account on Twitter that shows the relationship between the British Isles the British Islands, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, England, and so on. Great Britain is made up of England, Scotland, and Wales. So those three entities together are Great Britain. Add a fourth, Northern Ireland, and now you have the United Kingdom. So imagine three little circles, England, Scotland, and Wales. Now draw one big circle around those and you have Great Britain. Add Northern Ireland in its own circle next to them, draw a circle around all that, and you have the United Kingdom. Add the Crown Dependencies, and you have the British Islands. And add the whole island of Ireland, 
and then you have the British Isles. I find these distinctions much easier to understand when I see them as an image, and I've reproduced the public domain image from Wikimedia that copy editing posted on Twitter where I first saw it. You can find it on the article at quickanddirtytips.com titled, What's the Difference Between England, Great Britain, and the UK? On the image, you'll see that Scotland is still part of the United Kingdom. Their recent vote for independence to leave the United Kingdom would have changed that. But people voted to keep things as they are, so we don't have to make new diagrams. Visit the site and bookmark the page with the diagram. I've already returned to it myself multiple times. People sometimes similarly confuse Scandinavia and the Nordic countries. The most commonly accepted definitions are that Scandinavia is made up of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. And if you add Finland and Iceland, then you have the group known as the Nordic countries. And that leads me to a question from a listener named Mark, who asked about a sentence that talked about something happening, quote, on behalf of the Norway government, unquote. Shouldn't it be the Norwegian government, he wondered? He's correct. Writers should use the adjective form of the country name in sentences like that. Just as at the beginning of this segment, I said, you European listeners think it's ridiculous, instead of you Europe listeners, it should be the Norwegian government and the Swedish government. And with Denmark, you'd talk about the Danish government. Of course, these national adjectives are capitalized just as you'd capitalize the country names themselves. And now on to the tidbit. My cousin Pam, who's a teacher, sent me a link to an amazing YouTube video called The Lost Generation, which was created for an AARP contest. What makes the poem so interesting is that it makes sense forward and backward, but means opposite things. For example, here are the last three lines read forward. My generation is apathetic and lethargic. It's foolish to presume that there is hope. Pretty negative, right? But when you read it starting at the end and working toward the beginning, it means something very positive. There's hope. It's foolish to presume that my generation is apathetic and lethargic. You can find the whole poem on YouTube by searching for Lost Generation. People have told me it's based on an Argentinian political ad, which you can find if you search for Lopez Murphy on YouTube. So after marveling at the poem, I started to wonder what to call it. Some people suggested palindrome, but I wasn't convinced that was correct. There's something called a line palindrome, in which you read lines forward and backward, but a palindrome is supposed to read the same forward and backward, and this poem means something different when read forward and backward. The best name I've seen is Crab Cannon. The term comes from part of Bach's A Musical Offering, called Canon 1A2, which can be played by two people, with one playing the music forward and the other playing the music backward. I had trouble grasping how it would work until I found a video demonstrating how the canon could be played. So Bach's Crab Cannon can be played forward and back, providing different melodies that complement each other. The first example I could find of writing that was called a crab canon was in the book Godel Escher Bach by Douglas Hofstadter. In it, Hofstadter wrote a dialogue between the tortoise and Achilles that he called Crab Canon after Bach's music because the dialogue is presented in one order and then repeated in reverse order. Although it doesn't have such opposite meanings forward and backward as the Lost Generation piece, it does make sense in both orders. And that's your tidbit. I thought you might enjoy learning about this tricky-to-write format. 
If you want to try your hand at it, I'd love to see your results. You can leave short examples in the comments on this article at quickanddirtytips.com. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find hundreds of language articles on my website at quickanddirtytips.com. This podcast is produced in partnership with Macmillan Holdings. That's all. Thanks for listening. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door! Winning! No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) No one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.